Am I making any sense? So I just kicked off recording. So we're officially, this is part of the podcast. Okay. <laughs> um, no, but Hi. this is good. So one thing I need to caveat, I am a uh, cheap, very miserly right now. And I am on a limited free version. I could have sworn I went an hour with Jacob last night, but maybe, maybe mm. not. Um, I know there's a limitation to how many people can join, which if, if this is a thing where we're going to be quarantined for eight weeks, 100%, I'm just going to go pro or whatever this premium, yeah. whatever yeah. the thing is on, on Zoom. And then, but then I'll do a panel podcast where we can talk about either, we could have three people talking about whatever. Um, so actually, this is a good time to jump into it. So, all right, things are what they are. And so as performers, we're all adapting right? Yeah. So talk to me about what you're doing with your comedy show coming yeah. up tomorrow. I mean, I think I'll start first by saying that um, there is the sense in this community that there's a huge loss, which there is, right? Because we can't yeah. be at our mics in person. We can't go to our shows. Like yeah. all the things we normally do is disrupted. Yeah. Um, and I think what's different about Corona is that, you know, when we have a war or we have at a global warming, like you you know, like you panic when you watch TV or you read it on social media, but you still get to go to work the next day, like go to the grocery store and everything is normal. Mm. You still get to like go out, come back to your family. And there's a sense of like normalcy, right? But for this, everything is disrupted, right? You can't go to work. You can't go to the store and not be in long lines or like out of toilet paper. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't really even see your friends or your family unless they're already living with you. So there is no normalcy anymore. So it's just, there's just Corona life. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of comedians, rightfully so, were upset about it. Um, but I think I see myself as like an opportunity because, okay, yeah, we can't do what we traditionally do. Yes. But I, I don't know, I think of it as like an entrepreneur of like, okay, now yes. that we have this change, how do we meet the need in this new era of Corona, right? Which is the Zoom comedy shows or the online, the Facebook streaming, because we do have the internet. We should be using it to the best of our ability to keep ourselves connected. Yep. So I am doing, so I did a comedy show over on Saturday run by Jordan Lung. It was very, very good, very well received. Um, and then from that, I was like, okay, let me take his idea. And yeah. then let me do my own tweak. So I'm doing my own comedy show tomorrow, 7.30 p.m. over Zoom. Um, I have a great lineup of comics. And we're going to be doing things that you can't normally do, right? So PowerPoint presentations or videos. Some one might be showing us his room, his very creepy room. Uh, yeah. Things like that. That's great. So it's almost improv slash stand-up. Yeah. Slash exactly. skit. Yeah. And I mean, I, for me, um, one of my tenets of my comedy is that I love interacting with the crowd and connecting with the crowd. So right. whenever people yell out things to me in a crowd, I love it, right? I don't mind it too much as long as it's not like in bad faith. I know yeah. a lot of comics like just kind of want to be, just keep to their sets and everything. Yeah, but me. I kind of want to bring... <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, guys, I think it's just different comic philosophies, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. But I'm trying to bring my philosophy to the right. show, like increase interaction as much as possible. So, like, comics will be able to heckle other comics during their sets, okay. and then the audience. Will oh, I do that anyway at open mics. <laughs> I heck my friends. I don't heckle every comic, but my friends, <laughs> I'll say shit. <laughs> so, so everything you're describing is me. I'm the guy when I get up there. My mindset is I wrote some stuff down, people. 
and I want to get it off my chest. I don't care what you're thinking. I don't care what you're saying. And then at the same token, if I see a friend who's um, like struggling or whatever, I'm going to say, it's not a mean heckle, but like I might try and get their motor revving by saying, talking some shit or whatever. But um, mm, so that's cool. So you're going to use all the tools available to you in Zoom to make sure that it's, it's an interactive experience. Yes, yes. We're encouraging the audience member to write jokes and like talk to us during the chat. We'll probably go over them doing some of the information and, you know, okay. just throughout the show. Um, and I think the biggest thing is um, a lot of the proceeds from the show go to the Second Harvest Food Bank, mm. which I got on the phone with them because I kind of wanted to know how the whole donation process would work. And they were telling me that they, you know, on a normal month, they feed like 250,000 people just a month, right? And they're in anticipating a lot higher demand. Some of it is already coming in because of this whole crisis. Because there's yeah. a lot of families who, like, their kids, you know, like, they work hourly or contractor yeah. jobs. And their kids are at school. So that takes care of daycare. But now the kids are home, but they still have to work. and Or they're losing money. They're, there's yeah. so much worries that I hope that we can use this show to help alleviate some of people's pain. That's great. I didn't realize. So is it a pay to get into the show? How much does the ticket cost? Or do you just donate through Venmo or something? Yeah, I think right now everything is free. Um, okay. I have, I'm going to do a survey at the end to see if people would like to have it paid. Okay, people may not want to have it paid, but to see if people are willing to pay, but it's still going to be pretty low. And even if I do have it paid, I'm going to make it on a sliding scale basis. So the comics can still get in for free. And like, if you're a family that's like kind of financially strapped, I don't want this to be one of your worries, right? If you can't yeah. give like $3 or $5, just put a promo code or just put zero dollars so right. like it'll be paid if you can and if you can't just come have a good time yeah um, yeah but yeah but the second harvest food bank they were telling me that they'll be using this money to buy extra sanitation supplies um mm. and you know instead of packaging their own groceries if you've ever volunteered there they like oh yeah put, volunteered like, boxes yeah. together right um instead of doing that they're gonna be buying pre-packaged produce so that they could just they're minimizing of the handling and they're also anticipating like higher because of the virus costs. yes yeah. oh that's right because normally my experience there is i'm a i'm a bin sorter so i usually i'm sorting out the um yeah the produce into into boxes that are more manageable i guess for mm -hmm. delivery um but yeah that's like 50 people touching on the food i didn't even think about that and how many like right now we're going to get into it now because i know you have um you you have I guess some understanding of, of what's going on um, from a, from just a scientific standpoint, but I would imagine there's so many of us right now that have it. I'm sure there's so yeah. many people who have it. I was listening yeah. to this thing from Khan Academy who I, I really like this guy. I, I forget oh, I his love first Khan name. Khan Academy. Yeah. Uh, Sal Khan. Sal, there we go. Sal. And I was listening to him and he was talking and what he did is he extrapolated. Now there's so much guessing. There's so much guesswork in the numbers right now. But what he did is he extrapolated us from what we see in Italy. I mean, Italy's being yeah. very transparent with their numbers. Yeah. And so he, he's, but you know, the numbers from China are really low, which eh, it's Chinese data. I don't know if I, and then Italy numbers are like, yeah. Italy numbers are like 7% or something like that fatality. So anyway, he extrapolated with 1%. So he said, if one person died, and then he worked it back. I'm going to butcher it, but he, he kind of worked it back to say, well, the way the infection rate works is if it's 1%, obviously that's one in every hundred people. 
We're going to yep. die. So for a hundred people to have it, if this guy had it 10 days ago, then it means that there were this many people out in the public walking around who probably had it. Yeah. And he extrapolated it. And right now, I think a lot of us, which is why we all have to self-quarantine. I mean, I was looking at it like, you know, I had two sick kids in the last month and I was looking at it kind of like, well, if it was just me and a healthy family at home, this was selfish. And this was two weeks ago before I really understood the extent of what was going down. I was like, I don't care. I can get sick. But the reality is, what if I'm a carrier right now? And that's the kind of mindset we all have to be in is like, you, you don't want to hurt people. But if you're a carrier not right now, none of the healthy people are not tested. Sick people are not tested right now. Really, the only the infirm and medical staff are the one being tested. So who knows how many people have this out in America? Yeah. It, could, it, could literally be, it could literally be like, you know, tens of millions right now who have it. And are just walking around. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think I spent a good part of last week. Um, I was trying to channel my anxieties into combating misinformation. So I was just okay. like a clipboard warrior and like messaging like, this is wrong. These are the facts. And after a while, like I just realized it was everywhere and I gave up. But mm. I, you're exactly right. So people tend to think it's one-to-one, like, oh, only like a hundred people in America have it, but no, yeah. like if it's a hundred people, it can easily be 300 people tomorrow. And then 900 people, yes. it's, it's not a direct one-to-one. It's right think about it. Like when you leave your house, right. You kiss your kids goodbye. You kiss your, kiss your wife. That's like what yeah. three people already. Right. So yeah. You leave the door, you get in your car, maybe you stop to get gas. Maybe you go and buy a pack of gum or any one other person you interact with. You go to work, maybe you shake hands with five people, yeah. which then shake hands with five other yep. people. And then maybe you hug a few people there. You come home. Oh, maybe you have to go to the grocery store. Then you like, you know, talk with the cashier. You hand her your credit card. You get it back. You go home. Yeah. And then that doesn't even count all the surfaces you're touching, right? Yes. The doorknobs. The surfaces. Like, That's count, it. Yep. Doesn't count, doesn't count all the doorknobs. Doesn't count your car keys that maybe someone else is touching too. Doesn't count yep. like your coffee cup. So this well, isn't you- like a one person gets sick. It's like. If one person gets sick, tomorrow it could be 10 people. Tomorrow it could be 200. Yeah. It's more of an exponential rate rather than a direct. Uh, and I like your example about the credit card because the credit card is being touched by, well, actually, no, because most of it has the chip now. But still, it's a good example, yeah. right? It's a, it's, a, it's a thing you never think about that everyone is touching. Same with mobile devices, keyboards, mouse. All these things are, are actually... They're all ways that can, um, you know, pass on the nastiness. Yeah. I know that about a week ago, or actually probably half a week ago, the number in the United States of those infected and confirmed was 1,600. And that was also, but even then we knew that that was an undercount because we were in a shortage of testing. Huge shortage. Yeah. This week, a lot more testing kits came in. Roach, I think, delivered around 400,000 and a few other companies. Oh, and now that number is 7,760 yeah. something, according to John Hopkins. So that's yeah. like, I'm pretty sure this, that this is like in less than a week. Yeah. Um, that, and then we could expect it to keep going up in, in case, if we don't do sheltering, right? Because it yeah. really is like, a, it's not one-to-one. It's just, it just grows. I would yeah. suck, I like to think of it more of like a Russian doll type of thing, like one smaller, oh, bigger, 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 yeah, bigger, yeah, yeah. rather than just like a one to one to one to one, you know? Yeah. Hey, end, Cynthia. You start with this and then end up with this. Yeah. Sorry, go 
Um, do you know what they call Russian dolls in Russia? What dolls? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's that's the dad joke for you. Wait, is it dolls? I don't know. That's just what I tell people. I go, hey, what do they call Russian dolls in Russia? <laughs> Wait, you don't go, even know. I don't know what. And I go, dolls. You know the answer? No, I know the answer. I know. Tell me. No, no, no. That's that's that. So that's the dad joke answer. No, I have the answer. I wrote it down somewhere because one of my best friends is a Russian guy. So they they obviously they, there's a Russian name for it, obviously. But when you're a dorky, a middle-aged dad, and you need a joke really quick. There you go. That's what. <laughs> Thank my you. I'll remember that if I become a dorky middle-aged dad. Ah, uh, yeah, you're not at risk. You're not what we would say. <laughs> Someone at risk. You never know. Okay. A, a dorky middle-aged white dad. You are not at risk, Cynthia. Yeah, actually, that sounds like a lot of operations that I'm not really willing to do. <laughs> I identify as me right now. I'm. I'm yeah. <laughs> hey, but you touched on the anxiety. So um, mm -hmm. I normally navigate through the world just really kind of nonchalant. Nothing really phases me. I think because my, I had two sick kids over the last month and all this stuff is going on in the news. Like last night, I was actually really beginning to feel it where like my chest was just really, it felt crushed in the evening. And I, I was just like, had a hard time sleeping. I, I never, I hear people say, oh, I had a hard time sleeping. The most stressful events in my life, I sleep like a baby. But last night I was actually feeling it. So like, what do you think is some things that you, so number one, talk to me, are you feeling anxious? I'm sure I know the answer to that. And then number two, like, what are you doing to keep yourself sane? <laughs> yes, anxious, yes. Um, I was feeling it really hard on Monday actually, cause like I started shopping early in the morning um, actually, I could show you some pictures. Okay. Oh, zoom, 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 zoom. Uh, but like I was shopping early in the morning and I, the first place I went to was Target and I got there pretty early, but by the time I got there, a lot of things were already just gone. Yeah. Um, let me show you some pictures, filling up pics. Hold on. Uh, no, that's yeah. Whole Foods actually. But this was later in the day. Like these are all pictures I took when I was at the store where things were just empty. This is, uh, I think, about thirty minutes after or an hour after they announced the mandatory sheltering. Okay. Um, this was this is all Whole Foods. So they still have like some fresh fruits, but they were kind of winding down. Um, maybe the Target pictures aren't in there, but at Target, I remember walking in and. All like this is three aisles, but like both sides of three aisles of toilet paper, Kleenexes, paper yeah. towels were just empty, right? And I remember I was they told I talked to one of the attendants. They told me that um, they people were lining up an hour before they opened, and then by the time ten minutes into when they opened, like all those things in those aisles were gone. Yeah. And she told me that one lady actually came in and she put a whole cart full of pasta, filled it up all for herself. Right. And then I turned around after she said this and there was an old man just walking around trying to figure out what he could get. Right. He was mm. literally just wandering around the store. And it Anything just edible. Broke, yeah. And it just broke my heart so much. And like I went to a bunch of other stores because I was getting stuff for my family and it was just the same thing everywhere. Like 
things were just gone. People were stockpiling stuff or there were long lines. And then the only place where it was good was uh, my local, a few local grocery markets, like uh, there's a Mexican store, La Palma Ticanisteria, and then mm. uh, Indian store, Kashmi. Cash, um they had they still had stuff and the indian store particularly they had signs up saying that you can only have one of everything which kind of gave me some faith of like okay they're trying to kind of quell this i think costco does that now too i think costco is saying you get one of this and um yeah but i think monday when everything was happening and before everything was happening they didn't have that um but i think i was it affected me all of tuesday for okay. most of Tuesday and most of actually the whole rest of Monday was just gone and then Tuesday it affected me and then today I feel better but it's really just been focusing on comedy and the show that's okay. been keeping me stable because usually I might go to social media to find funny jokes but every single joke every single post is about corona you can't mm-hmm. even get away from it on social media so yeah. I've been trying to watch tv um, I can't go to the gym, but I've been trying to pet my cat a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, you know what? Time. I you know what? <laughs> I actually have a re- I have a recommendation for you. I think that's interesting you said that because I you know I don't keep my feed up that much other than my podcasts, mm-hmm. um, and maybe where I'll be going um, to do comedy. But I'm trying to take pictures of the mundane things in my life, like the pictures of the things that bring me joy, like my guitar or. Um, book or something my kids did because I'm with you. I, um, I, I, originally when I was taking pictures and posting them, I was like putting hashtag quarantine light or this, that, and then I'm like, why do I even need to mention that? Mention what I really love, right? Mention what I really, because, uh, well, so here's the thing with me. And I think you're, I wanted to touch, uh, ask you about this also, but so I tech, I still have work, you know, like my job is a remote job technically. So I, um, I've always, as long as I have a laptop and some earbuds, I can get stuff done. So I'm still technically working, but obviously work has slowed down significantly. And I'm very grateful that I, I still have a paycheck. Yeah, um, yeah. Whereas I know for me, so here's, here's the big thing for me, and I don't want to do too much doom and gloom, but the big thing for me is the virus will be, you know, probably catastrophic. I don't know, maybe. But um, what's what 100% is catastrophic is the unemployment right now. And as of this week, yeah. we probably just went from like 8% unemployment to like 25% unemployment because service industry is so big in America, right? And basically service industry clack, within 24 hours just went away. So that's maybe 20% unemployment right now. That's terrifying. That's yeah. terrifying. I think the only solace I find is that I actually the California government has been pretty proactive throughout this whole crisis and they've been doing a pretty good job on keeping people informed. So there is the EDD website, the disabilities and and unemployment website. Mm -hmm. And essentially they're actually offering to pay people if they've experienced unemployment or loss of wages due to the coronavirus. Right. So like for people that are impacted where like they might, um, you know, they might work a specific restaurant that doesn't do takeout and now they're closed out or yeah. they might work at a comedy theater. They can actually ap- apply to unemployment. Okay. Um, now, I don't actually know what the lines are. I don't know how well they're staffing everything. Yeah. I anticipate and I'm sure that there's a huge demand right now, mm. but it's 
one avenue you can kind of explore to try and get some of your wages back. And the other thing too is like, uh, not all the counties have done it, but I know in San Jose, they've done a freezing for your rent. So if you can't pay your rent because of the coronavirus, because of lots of wages or anything, uh, landlords are not allowed to evict you. So all you have to do, I think, is show loss of wages and then, you know, everything works out. But that's only, they haven't done that statewide yet, which I really hope they do because we really need it. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, yeah, my heart is broken in a lot of places. <laughs> well, is- I, I did hear also that HUD, uh, it's a federal organization has, um, they, they no longer are foreclosing. Right. So I think HUD works hand in hand with banks on people who are underwater. And as and of today, HUD is the housing department, right? Or the urban housing department, housing under development, I think it stands for, yeah. but somehow they're integrated with you know, foreclosing on homes. And they said, that's just not going to happen anymore. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I didn't read the, you know, I'm, I'm, here's another problem with these kind of scenarios is I'm reading a lot of headlines and first paragraphs, but I'm not reading entire articles. <laughs> no! so I, I read the headline and then the first paragraph and go, okay, I understand. Move on. And yeah. here's another thing. As of Monday, I didn't look at the news on Monday. But then yesterday I took a little nibble and then today I read a number of articles and it's like, I got to stop doing this because really at this point, um, what can I do other than self-isolate? Yeah, I would say like once a day is actually, because then you could concentrate it to one specific period and then the rest mm. of the period you kind of focus on it. Like I remember... Yeah, that's why I'm try- I'm still trying to establish a new routine, which is really important to keep yourself from keep going crazy and eating a ton of food, which I keep doing. But oh, <laughs> I know <laughs> I, there's so much food. You know what? It's <laughs> funny you said that because um, so I am a nervous eater. It's my vice, and I I know, but I I do have discipline. I mean, I I can go without food, and um. I, there've been times in my life where I, for whatever reason, um, I've gone without food for a significant amount of times. But, um, what I find myself as I know we need this food to last, but at the same time token, I'm like, oh, I want some more crackers or, or whatever, you know, like I'm just eating. Yeah. And I think it's my anxiety trigger. It is. It is. Cause like you, I don't know. It triggers. I can't remember the scientific thing, but like it, for some people, it like triggers a response that you're in a fight or flight mode. And for other yeah. people, it's like a whole thing about your, it's like a survival instinct kicks in. So you're like, oh, let me eat to make sure that if I starve later, yeah. or like if I don't have food later, I can starve or like that I have energy to yeah. run or flee later. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, yeah, that's why I think establishing a good routine is good. I remember when I used to drive home for work, that was the only time I listened to news. Right. I didn't I didn't check the news anymore before when I woke up because I found it kind of offset my day. But like on my drive home from work, I just kind of put on like a few different trusted sources and I would just listen to that on the way home. And then I still felt informed, but I didn't feel like I was drowning in everything. Mm. Uh, but I would still say to be very careful because like I've seen CNN and other big publications make some huge mistakes like um, and it kind of made me very, very where I mean I already know that there's a lot of misinformation but mm. 
to see that from some other big organization like the like the whole thing about trump cutting funding to the cdc i was believing that really hard because i saw so many people post about it but then when i actually looked into it apparently it was a lie like he proposed funding it was blocked by congress and then the congress ended up increasing the funding to the cdc mm. but if you just read the headline you would have thought oh trump cut funding to the cdc and then you're like oh well Right. Even though yeah. I don't support him necessarily, like I, yeah. I support the truth no matter what. And yeah. there was also these other stats going on about how like 40 percent of our like sales of Corona beer dropped because 40 percent of Americans think that Corona is the same thing as the virus. It turned out it was actually only two percent of Americans that believed that. But it was like this huge uh misinformation campaign and the survey that ran this was like very unethical like they basically just fudged the numbers to make people think that americans are dumb right yeah. so there's a, like i basically have stopped the only source that i trust now is politifact um cdc the who yeah who uh, that's where i'm going but it's really great and then local news like mercury news san jose actually does a really good job sf chronicle does a really good job and then Philip DeFranco, who's an online uh, YouTuber, but like his his news reporting actually is very factual and pretty um, neutral on everything. Oh, okay. Yeah, those are some good sources. So I think that's what I'm going to do. I because I'm with you on the news. I um, you know, uh, I I'm just not a news guy because when I I I see through I see through the agenda every time I read news. So like, here's what I'll do. Like, here's how, um, when I'm searching. So NPR, I know that's radio, but they do have a website with articles. I always look at NPR as like, well, this, this isn't, well, it's not supposed to be an ad driven company. I know they are, it's national public radio. So it's supposed to be funding and whatnot. So I would hope it's some somewhat non-biased, but I, I know it's kind of biased, but anyway, NPR, I, I like, they deliver just facts. Yeah. Um, but then you go to CNN and it's clear there's some kind of definite acts being ground with because it's like, I, I just need, I don't need how Trump fucked up. I need to know the situation. Yeah. <laughs> and they want to paint the brush with everything, how he fucked. And then you go to Fox and it's like, oh, well, this is all, let's push away whatever and try and make Trump it Trump is an like, angel. He's never done anything well, wrong. Not just Trump, yeah. but the, the whole, the whole um, conservative agenda is, yeah. is the way to look at things right now. And then you go to MSNBC and that again is kind of, see, I don't even like using the word left and right anymore because yeah. I think everyone is kind of just fighting for an ideology that may or may not be good for humanity. Yeah. Right. And so I definitely fall on my ideology is definitely share. <laughs> you know, here, here's my takeaway. And I've, 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 I fucked this up on my pot, my solo podcast, but the thing I wanted to, to say is, so America, it's abysmal where we're at with testing. Yeah. Absolutely abysmal. I mean, you know, not to throw any other country under the bus, bus but you name any third world underdeveloped country and they're probably ahead of us. <laughs> In yeah, testing right I now. think Senegal has been uh, getting turnaround tests in like four hours for people. Right. And we would look down on them. So my whole thing is like, oh, you know, what's interesting. It's also the only country that doesn't have socialized medicine. Ah! Right. And so wait a minute. These other countries, they have an infrastructure in place that it may be a bureaucracy. 
and I'm sure it has its problems, but they have an infrastructure in place that says, this is where all our medical information is, and this is where supplies go, because it's socialized, and everyone has access to it. America, right? We don't have that. So to me, this is like the big takeaway for me is like, this is a huge win for anyone supporting socialized medicine. Because right now, here's another thing that we don't, and to make this podcast even more depressing, this is another thing that I've read zero articles about this in any of the news feeds, including NPR. (laughs) How is the homeless population going to be tested and treated not when it's happening i guarantee you the coronavirus is out there in the homeless population so what what do we do we don't have socialized medicine to go in there and and treat that so i my hope would be with all this mess that somehow the people who are really um like held into their views on oh healthcare has to be private this that and the other like i hope they open up and see that no healthcare is like a police force like a fire, uh, f- firefighting fire brigade force. I agree. It's like a public school. We all need to make sure everyone knows how to read and write. These are base fundamental things that if we continue turning a blind eye to could be so catastrophic as to literally, you know, wipe America off the face of the earth. Like that's how bad not having a public health service is in my opinion. And, and this, yeah, this will probably show it. This will probably show it because, yeah. you know, I think all of us have been getting different um, who've had either been sick or had family members who are sick, get different explanations from different hospitals or um, medical offices they go to. And the bottom line is, I think none of those medical offices were able to coordinate with the people who had the kids. Actually, yeah. I don't know. This is all speculation, yeah, well, I mean, but it makes I sense. Think from what, yeah, I think from what I know, for a while, the U.S. government was blocking some of the testing kits by different private companies. Mm. Um, I think because of a lot of the regulations they had in place. But from what I understand, they've actually waived a lot of those regulations and allowed these companies to kind of step in and help. Um, in addition, I know that in the area, um, I want to say the Santa Clara County, but I have to double check. Um, they've actually waived regulations too for like nurses and like very in-demand um, healthcare professions so that because usually yeah. the orientation process could onboard them in any time as long as six months sometimes right so okay. now they're trying to do on-the-spot hire so that within 24 hours a, a new nurse can come in and like help the front lines because there's a lot of cases and they're going to need a lot of people Yes, uh, but I agree with you that this really shows how broken and fucked up our current system is. Like, there's no yeah. other way of saying it. Like, no. um, it, I mean, it's one thing to say that yes, you should um, work to be able to have a good paycheck and live, but when you're in this kind of situation, it really shows you like how flawed that thinking could be because you can't work at all. So, is it right for you to lose your apartment, your home, your yeah? Like to not have your kids in daycare, to not have any money because you literally can't work, right? I think yeah. a lot of the people that say that you should work for a living or that you should, um, you know, like you should depend entirely on your job for everything have never been in a situation where they haven't had insurance. Like because yeah. like I've, I've had that before where like I was an international student 
Um, I've been very sick. We just used to go to Walmart and hope that it got better because we didn't have health insurance at the time. And that's a scary situation. They might mm. never have been in a situation where they've had to take care of a very ill family member. Yeah. You know? And I think that I'm hoping, I'm really, really hoping that this causes a wave of change in politics and makes us yeah. more engaged in our day-to-day life and the things that we need. Especially, I would say, on like the more the eastern, midwest, southern coasts, which are very, I mean, they have a lot more rural population than we do, so they might be even more impacted by this than anyone else, right? Right. Um, but I really don't know. Like, I, I mean, after, after seeing the politics of the past three, four years, I, at this point, I don't, <laughs> I don't expect people to change readily anymore. Like, I yeah. have no expectations so that I don't get um what is it spoiled or failed or jaded I don't feel bad jaded thank yeah. you so no expectations makes it that i don't get disappointed but i really yeah. hope that this does spur some change in just people being more engaged in politics and hopefully towards uh nationalized healthcare too yeah and i don't even know if the or solution universal, sorry, universal. yeah universal i don't even know if it has to be nationalized it can, i think each yeah. state like in california i mean come on how much money are some of these i think it's got to be like the top i don't know 15 fortune 100 companies have to be in the bay area and there could just be a healthcare tax for doing business in California or something. I mean, I don't know. I'm just I think that, I mean, here. Yeah, I mean, that, that actually sounds pretty good. Um, and then it could I be a know. statewide thing, you know, and I don't think, I it, think would it would be, be. I think it would be cool if it was state, but the thing is, there's a lot of Republican governors specifically that are extremely against it. So mm. that even when they deployed Obamacare, those same governments didn't really make the effort and outreach that they did in in sorry in uh, california to reach out to people to get people covered to make mm. sure they had doctor's appointment like even in Cal- like every year in california i get like five verbal calls to make sure that i can like oh hey do you have health care do you want to f- uh, enrolled in obamacare yes or no blah 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 mm. but like i'm pretty sure they don't spend that much money in those states right mm. so yeah, it, yeah. it's really yeah, it kind of makes me want to take the power out of the states and on the national government to make sure that it gets instituted evenly across all the states. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Because then it can't just be about what states are making the most money, because obviously there's going to be some states that have can't even afford an x-ray, you know? <laughs> <laughs> let alone <laughs> cancer treatment. <laughs> like, ah, x-ray, yeah, we got this 1920s Dr. Seuss looking thing. <laughs> crazy light bulbs coming out of every i don't it's know like, x-rays no but we got the name operation we could have done that. <laughs> the red nose <laughs> yeah totally so let me ask you this who are you staying in contact with because you know like i'll give you an example of my day so we went for a walk with the girls and i bumped into uh one of my former colleagues and friends lives in the same neighborhood as me, but we don't see each other often, right? We worked together for probably like six years. We were good buddies, hung out a lot, and he lives literally two blocks away. But you, you know how it is when you just start to, um, when, when you just, your life carries, you, you forget to say, yeah. go meet yeah. with people. And we both I have, think, 
kids. Yeah, I think the joke is that like when you're when you're in your early twenties, um, yeah. you can have twenty people over at your house at any time. And right. then the old, like it, when you're in your 30s, it takes two months to see yes. one friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's it. So anyway, I bumped into him. We, he was walking his kids. And it was really weird because I go, well, we'll do our, whatever the protocol is, we'll do our 10 foot distance, right? And we were just having mm. a conversation. Now, obviously with my wife and my kids, I'm still hugging them, cuddling and everything. But normally I like to give handshakes, maybe whatever, pat on the shoulder or something. And we were just standing across having the conversation. I go, Ooh, this is kind of weird, huh? Because we haven't seen each other for like two years and we haven't shook hands. We haven't done anything. We're just keeping our 10 feet. And that 10 feet distance feels really weird. So who are you keeping yeah. around? Who are you still going over to? Are you, is it friends' houses? Or are you totally quarantining right now? Yeah. Well, my emergency plan was always to just take my stuff and my cat and go, go to my sister's room. Oh, by the way, I got a cat last week. Yay. <laughs> Hopefully you can, uh, he can make a guest or she can make a guest appearance on the podcast here if yeah. he wants to. Uh, yeah, I'll see. He's like over there eating right now. Okay, never mind. We, we don't want to bother him. Yeah, but later. Uh, anyway, so yeah, it was take my stuff, go over in my sister's place because I'm like, I know myself. I'm going to go crazy in my room by myself with just a cat. Yeah. So, um, but I'm pretty much calling everyone that I know that kind of lives alone or that okay. doesn't have a single family. And then like the next on that list is like friends and yeah. just checking in on them, like asking them, do you need any supplies? Do you need me to make a run, do some grocery yeah. shopping and like drop it off to your place? Um, just checking in on people. So um, me and my friends have also kind of decided to like cook together over Google chat <laughs> and oh, I'm having, great. yeah. And then I'm having a virtual happy hour with my, uh, coworkers tomorrow. So that should be fun. Okay. Yeah, no, I think these type of things that we're doing right now are going to be my lifeline because, um, my, so the last time I did comedy was last Tuesday, uh, and already, so it's Wednesday now this week and I really, really, really miss everyone. Yeah. And even though I'm not the most chatty guy when I, when I go to the mics, I'm just hanging out watching people, but just not being around people, it's, it's yeah. weird. And this conversation I had with my friend, it was great catching up, but it was weird having that distance. So I think there's going to be an interesting psychological aspect to this quarantine that we're going to have to really be aware of. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, I think it goes back to what you said before about having to think more about everyone and not, you know, about just your sheltering, not just for yourself, but for other people. Like it's, yeah. it's this whole thing I was talking about with my friend about the whole individualistic versus the community or mm. communitarian view. Yeah. Right. Cause like America is very much rugged individualism, like pull yourself yeah. up by your bootstraps or right. buckle your belt. I don't know. Stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But um, really it's just thinking about the other person, kind of like that old man in the store, right? Like if yeah. people were really thinking about it, they would have limits on people on Monday. I think now it's in place though at Target, but they would have okay. limits on the number of items yeah. people have so that someone older, or they would have opened early for just old people for the first hour. Um, and it's, it's like, I, it really is a human need. I don't it want, is. it is a human need to it's see need. other people yes. and to interact with other people. It's just, yeah. you will go crazy and you will feel sadder if you're by yourself in your yeah. room than when you're with other people. So I, I think, think it's so. really, um, I feel like I'm missing that a lot too. Cause like, you know, when we go to these open mics, like off the hook or caravan, yeah, yeah. like it does feel like you're going into a mini community of people that just right. know you. And it kind of gives you that sense of like belonging almost. So well, I think, sorry, yeah. go 
No, no, go ahead. My thought was dumb. Yeah. What were you going to say? Yeah, no, I think that uh, we have to use the internet. Like, I yeah. think that's or phone call to keep each other because it, it's, it's really not the same because, again, you want to be close to someone. Like you said with the 10-foot thing, even that was weird. It was weird. Right? So but weird. it's kind of the best that we have. And I, for anyone that lives alone, I hope that, I, I mean, kind of going against what they say, but I hope that you can find someone else to live with like a family member to stay yeah. with, uh during this crisis because otherwise it makes it a lot harder to kind of bear the yeah yeah bear the long months so do you think that south bay and uh, i guess on a greater picture bay area comedy do you think we're going to come out stronger after this or do you think it's going to fragment things a little bit it honestly depends on how the comics respond like i know i've talked to I've talked to like a few people and seen a few online posts that like people are basically saying it's stand up or bust. Like it's online or bust. Um, mm. I know that there's a few of the younger comedians like myself that are doing the online shows or that are really trying to keep pace. Yeah. I think as we see, as we'll see in the next few weeks, that'll probably grow a lot, lot more as people realize that, yeah. Oh, this isn't just a one week thing. This might be a few months even that we're quarantining ourselves. Yeah. So yeah, like, why not use the tools we have at Bay? But I, th I think once we come out of it, I think we will be stronger just because the, you know, it's kind of like going without your favorite candy or fasting for a long time and then all mm. of a sudden seeing your favorite candy. Like, you just mm. want to binge. Yeah. So there'll be a lot more people coming out to open mics. Once they do reopen, there'll be yeah. a renewed enthusiasm and vigor. Um, it's just sort of like the when. Yeah, the win. And and that's why, you know, I was I was thinking on Monday, like, dang, I'm not going to be podcasting for a while. Then I then I stop. I go, well, no, we got Skype. We got Zoom. I go, if anything, I might be able to podcast more. So I podcasted yeah. with Jacob yesterday doing the same thing we're doing right now. I'm podcasting with you now. Um, and I know Adriana is podcasting now. So she's yes. going to start um, contacting people to set up shows. So I might be able to, before I was cutting back to one podcast a week, I might start doing two or three um, because this, it, it doesn't feel as good as a real podcast, but this, so this is my second Zoom podcast. And you know what? Mm. This is, this is still good. It's yeah, not as good as being in the same room with the, like we just talked about. It's better if yeah. you're, but you know what? This is good. And I think if I can do two or three of these conversations a week um, with all the people in the community, I, I think this this could work out really well there could be yeah. a lot of podcasts that no one listens to <laughs> i'll be adding to my pile of unwatched podcasts oh god okay i was about to say back to your comment before working from home um i think that america works on like an eight hour day but really, you probably get all the work done in like five or six hours. Oh, right. Which is why, like, when you work from home, I think you're like, it, well, some people go stir crazy and they get distracted. Some yeah. other people get like their work done really fast and then they focus on other things. But it's really showing a a lot of the jobs that we couldn't work for that they told us we couldn't do from home. We can. Yes. And two, you're probably even more efficient working from home, knowing that. Bingo. Like, you know, you're only dependent on your time. You don't have other people yes. bothering you. You're not in as many meetings as before. Um, that, so I think people should use, or I'm not going to tell people what to do, but I would be using this time and I am using this free time to just get more creative. Like I've been working on flyer designs for my shows. 
Um, you know, trying to beef up my social media, thinking about new sketch ideas. And I think really utilizing the art is what's yeah. going to help us keep sane. Right. And it's something that, you know, like I think now everyone is using the arts, even though people say that you art sucks. Why are we, why should they get paid that much? I'm like, no, because like without art, you wouldn't have Netflix right now or Hulu yeah. or TV or yeah. these fitness apps or or actually, well, maybe a fitness app, yeah. Well, yeah, no, no, never mind. But other stuff. Or right. The game. The game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's 100% visual arts right there. Well, and of course, technology. But yeah, no, I think, uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm diving into everything I want. But uh, to the point about work, so you said the majority of us have jobs where we don't need to be in a cubicle. I've oh, been a believer the majority, of that. But I think I've, the majority, maybe not all of us, service jobs are different. But yes. probably a lot of us have jobs that don't need to take eight hours a day to do. Well, I think in the Bay Area, it's safe to say that, so we have terrible commute traffic here. So anyway, I've been yeah. a proponent of working for, for my teams. Whenever I have a team, I just tell them, I trust you. You know what we need to deliver. I don't care if you do it in your, at your desk at work or at home. We have the things we're being measured on. We know what we need to do. And so I've never forced anyone to come into an, an office and I look around at the people who do, do come into the office. I think a lot of them might just do it for, like we were talking about, a social aspect. It's comfortable yeah. for me to be in here. But really, what are you, you're, cr- you're on a spreadsheet all day, or you're writing a script all day, or you're talking to customers or emailing. Like, why do we have traffic in the Bay Area? I know there's <laughs> such a large percentage of us. Who, as long as we have a VPN connection, most of our work can get done, right? And so... Uh, yeah, I think another thing that we should all be doing is if we have a job that allows us to do that, just like knock it out of the park and show like no one needs to be in the office. That way we save commute, we save on on infectious diseases in the office, we save on <laughs> we save on needing to our employers from needing to buy more office space. I mean, there's so many things like I just don't know why. We were talking about this back in 1999-2000. The discussion was around they called it telecommuting back then. The discussion Ooh. was around telecommuting and do we need to be in offices? And I mean, the conclusion was overwhelmingly more and more. The answer is no, we don't need to be in office. Yet here we are 2020 and it's like people still driving to office Monday through Friday. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. It's insane. Yeah, I, agree. I so, mean, I'm lucky that my manager, he's always had the option to work from home. So yeah. I've taken it on days where like I've been sick and I don't want to infect other people, but I still need yeah. to get work done. Or like days when it's just like, I don't really feel like getting up and seeing people today, but I still yeah. want to work. So like, it, I think that our company is very dependent on the nature of your job and yes. um, the manager you have. But there's a lot of people I know at our company, which is really good that work from home and they work in like Santa Cruz or LA or right. like Sacramento and like kind of just come in whenever they need to like once or twice a month. But yep. sorry, I just got reminded. Andrew Yang, a thousand dollars a month. Did you hear that? No, what happened? No, so the government is considering um, national government, like Trump, considering mm. actually giving people one thousand dollars a month as Do a it. way to stimulate the economy. And I'm just like, and then as soon as you said that, I'm like, Andrew, motherfucking Yang, his idea lives on. It came through. <laughs> 
they're still considering it. Um, I, they already injected money into the stock market and that didn't really work, but it kind no. of kept it afloat. It kind of, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I hope people do get money during this time. Like, yeah, really need it. it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. So I, we're coming up on almost 50 minutes. I don't want this thing to poop out on us. So let's talk about one more time. Let's talk about the show. How do people, um, can you send me a URL that I can put in the podcast notes or something? So yes. that uh, let me, I do have a listener, they know where to go. Do. Um, and then, uh, actually, you know what? I think I have the link too. So I'll put it in the show notes, but what, what's the deal? How's it going to look? How long is it going to be? When does it start? Give me all that yes, good information. Yes, 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 yes. Excellent. Good questions, Matthew. Good questions. That's what I'm here for. So uh, the show is going to be around an hour and a half. It's going to be tomorrow, Thursday night at 7.30 p.m., uh, March 19th. I'm saying a lot of words. Yeah, March 19th. So we are posting the link to the Zoom at 7 p.m. All people have to do is click the Zoom link. It'll take them to a website where they can install Zoom either on their browser or on their desktop. Yep. Um, if they're doing it from a phone, it'll ask them to just do it from their phone or download the app. Mm -hmm. Um, from there on, it'll just be pure comedy, right? So one and a half hours, um, I'm going to be hosting the entire show. Jordan Long is going to be moderating. Um, and we're going to have people keep their, their audio and their video on so that we can actually see crowd reactions and we know like which jokes are hitting and not. Mm, Um, It actually went pretty well on Saturday. The only feedback really was to make sure that people, we tell people to make sure you're in a quiet environment. Um, But Jordan, since he's moderating, he'll just be muting people if they're too loud. Uh Um, So every comedian gets a five minute set, but it's a stretch set because they get, every comedian that goes up has two other comedians that can kind of comment or heckle during the set. So if I make a joke like, oh, uh, my Starbucks name is Sophia, they'd be like, why is your Starbucks name Sophia? Why not Catherine? You know, like they could make comments like that, um, ask questions. We are encouraging the audience to participate by writing in jokes and kind of like their ideas or just write LOL in the chat. Um, There's gonna be a debate towards the end um, that's, I will not say which question, but it's going to be okay. a really yeah. good question. Leave it, leave it as um, a teaser. Yeah. And then Arturo will be headlining. Nice. That's yeah, going to so be it's good. It's a free show, but the big thing is donations. I mean, part of the proceeds will of course go to comedians, but like they'll also go to the second harvest food bank. So we're really encouraging people to donate to the show and to make sure that we can get the money out to where and the people that it needs to be. Is that a Venmo or something? How do people get it's your a Venmo? Money? Yeah, okay. at Cynthia in public. At Cynthia in public on Venmo. Okay. Um, nice. I think that Mighty Mike said that he would be reporting on it through the Metro. So that's Ooh, pretty exciting. Yeah, nice. that's pretty exciting. Um, and what else? Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Um, future shows might be, again, I think I mentioned at the start, we might charge for future shows something like 3 or $5. Okay. Um, but again, it'll be on a sliding scale basis because the main thing is really to provide entertainment for people during this hard time. I think yeah. now we really need comedy more than ever because there's so much mm. anxiety and stress yeah. that I think it's the best time to be a comedian, even though yeah. it's the worst time to be a comedian. <laughs> it's the best and the worst time. Yeah. So, yeah, like sliding scale, um, we will still take donations for all of our shows. And okay. yeah. Kind of it. Nice. Cool. Well, Cynthia, thank you very much for joining me. 
we Thanks, will, um, yeah, yeah, anytime. Um, and we will, I will be online tomorrow on the show. And uh, yeah, let's just keep doing this. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, give your cat a big hug for everyone. I will. I don't know what he wants. He's gone. Yeah. He's <laughs> All right, Cynthia. Bye-bye.